0: I just learned that Valentine's Day is not blowjob day. I thought it was blowjob day. I thought that's the day everybody gets a blowjob.
1: No, that's Steak and a Blowjob Day, which is March Fourteenth.
0: I don't get it. Wait, what the that's fuck
1: are you pie talking day. about? No, that's also Pie Day, so everybody wins. It can't be both. So. No, it's both. Steak and a Blowjob I don't have Day steak is March Fourteenth. And 14th. A pie.
2: I'll have pie and a blowjob or steak and a blowjob. No, you're, you're telling pie me that in the morning. Every-
1: and then you have steak and the blowjob in the evening or vice versa. How whatever suits your fancy, but you don't do it at the same time. There's plenty of hours was, in a day to have both pie, steak, and a blowjob.
0: No, I was telling people all fucking day yesterday, happy blowjob day.
1: You're wrong. You're well, a month early. I mean
2: there's there's an implication to Valentine's Day, right? You were not a month early. In, not in my There's house. an official <laughs> in,
1: There is an official day called Steak and a blowjob day and it's explain March 14th. to me
0: why that exists why is it on that day and partners who what give about blowjobs that actually like
2: part
1: yeah take? this is it's it's a thing like you can look it up it's Steak and a blowjob day
2: who i'm and, not complaining but who who came up with this
1: i have a feeling it's it, it's based around the sort of heteronormative assumption that valentine's day is kind of for like femmes. And so oh, this day okay. is for I the mask see. crew.
0: Okay, that's, okay, that's it. fine. Also, why why do they have to have a day too? Um, but I get it. I think it's
1: just that, like, I. It's true
2: though, because only femmes fall in love. So, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, right. And only femmes only femmes enjoy giving or receiving blowjobs. So right. you know, it's yeah. Or get get remote I, I should say, or receive uh, nah, at now. I like
2: the idea of that being like a hallmark holiday <laughs> <laughs> you walk in.
1: Oh gosh,
0: I need to go get a card for blowjob day. <laughs> yeah, steak and a like blowjob. A day. But I think it's not.
1: I think that's commercial. why. Like specifically, I think the Hallmark commercials are often feminized, like not to go too socio political mm. on it. And so steak and a blowjob day is like meat on fire. Blowjob. That's it. Like steak and a
0: blowjob day is yeah, like, like meat.
1: <laughs> right. Like we're not calling it Valentine's Day and the assumption being that there's all these things that you have to like use your emotional intelligence to understand. Like Acts of service yeah. and gift giving and, you know, showing I think affection I and
0: love. I think the reason that I didn't understand, I wasn't wrapping my brain around this, is because Valentine's Day is, like, not a thing for me. Like, it's, it's in in this house, we don't celebrate, we celebrate love every day. Boom. Um, we, I was watching the council meeting
2: on Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Yeah, I saw you, you, you were group texting us, and I was like, how's your Valentine's Day going, Shannon? Like, and I,
0: I was like, I'm not, I refuse to be a part of the capitalist machine. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I'm going to watch Sean Lelowy
2: be an asshat, because that's cool. I was entertained. I, I took a very long nap. Um, and like, listeners, I think most of you get it by now. I've been single for like four months. Uh, so I went to watch the Kings game. And was watching it at the bar next to, this goes with our conversation last week, two other Aquarians. Uh, and I was like, that's a very, we that's where very we co- would be. On, we are on very a, cool people. Yeah. Especially like on a Valentine's Day. That's where you'll find us. I did go to a bar, after, a bar. after the council meeting. So I,
0: I, I wound up out and about.
2: See? Although I- you were with your husband. That's true.
1: I uh, was at the Comedy Spot doing some stand-up. And then I also ended up in a bar because I decided I did not want to go to what appeared to be a grown-up version of a middle school dance at Lowbrow. Um, Oh. Yeah. What bar did—
2: I did not know. All of you were out last night. It, it, and it, was... it
1: appeared to be like a grown up version of a middle school dance. And I was like, that's not the vibe I'm on right now. Why don't we walk across the street? And so we went to the depot and
2: uh, had a drink yes, and yes, then yes, yes. went home.
1: So that um, was my night.
0: Is that how you ended up with a phone sex
2: voice? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, possibly. How many cigarettes did
2: you have last night? Possibly. And were they menthol because you're the reason they're illegal now?
1: They, they, I probably had contact menthol because the moment I walked in the door, I was like, California has an indoor smoking ban, but it's clearly not being observed here because.
2: <laughs> to the depot.
1: Because, well, I mean, um, the smoking, the
0: smoking patio is like, <laughs> right, it's basically inside.
1: Whatever the case may be, I definitely woke up this morning with a scratchy throat and, you know, have been sounding like, hey, y'all, since then. Yeah, so, it's
2: a. The sexy steak and a blowjob day voice. Yes, it
1: is. It's, this is my post Valentine's Day voice. Hey, hey, listeners, it's Flo. All right. Hey, <laughs> listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my to look at fucking welcome the camera. This is, our YouTubers
2: are getting a real show. Welcome here. to Midnight Love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's let's all check in in about four weeks and see how that one goes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah right.
2: I'm, I'm marking my calendar now.
1: Mark it down, March 14th.
2: I gotta get yeah. my jaw ready. Fuck a pie, get a blowjob. Don't like literally fuck, you, you know.
1: I mean, I mean, that did happen in American Pie, though.
2: That's true. Really landed that one. And now we start the
1: show. Boys said the things they said. Boys some from those dead-hawks.
2: Hello, everybody. You have Kempa. And Shannon.
0: And Flo. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known that was gonna happen. I'm too I'm too nervous. I'm too tired to have anticipated that. that is, this is
2: your boner episode, folks.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the boner episode, folks. Flo is here not only to talk about science as it relates to public health, but also to give you a boner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well,
2: ASMR as we talk about Diane Feinstein,
1: sweet voices, River City boner edition. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Okay, okay. this is my fault. I'm reeling us back in.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I've totally lost track. Boners. Um, we are <laughs> no, talking well. about things today. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, post. Post Valentine's Day episode. Um, we got things to do. We got lives. Let's just let's just get rolling with this, huh? Yeah, Anything I got a to report, I got a All pillow right. waiting for me after this show. I should start with, hey folks, we love what we do. Mm. If you love what we do, yeah. our ASMR, our boner-inducing voices, yes. you should go to <laughs> patreon.com slash voices river city <laughs> and become a patron for as little as five dollars a month. You know, this is just—it helps keep us moving. It—it—it helps us, like you know, get put the time in, get these episodes out every week. We also have special patron-only content, Um, as I mentioned before. I've done a piece in Jacobin, and we did an episode on that. Uh, Flo and Skylar started the Voices Cinematic Universe, which will continue in a couple weeks. With Cocaine Bear, uh, and I'm super excited about that. And we've got some events coming up probably in March. So become a patron so that you can become a part of all of that as well. Um, I think that's it. That's fine, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay.
0: You like us, we like you. Give us your money, please. Money, money, money.
2: Um, Money, 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 money. (laughs) that's, That's a song I've been working on in my free time. It was like your Uh, She Bought a Tank song. Yeah. (laughs) She voted for the tank. Okay. So let's start the show. Yeah. We're we're going off the rails here. Let's take us to a little place called Washington, D.C. Where a little senator of 89 years old has (laughs) announced that she will no longer be a senator uh, by the end of 2024. This senator we are speaking of is the one the only California Senator Diane Feinstein. Uh Flo, I assume this is significant, right? Uh walk us through this. What Diane Feinstein finally stepping down.
1: Yeah, so I mean, she's been in this seat since um I was 10 years old. Uh so basically since the time I realized that we lived in a country that had senates. Um <laughs> And started counting the ones of people who shared my gender identity. I was like, she's always been there. Um, She was California's, or is California's first, um, you know, woman um, who served as a senator. Um, And she, uh, you know, started out in San Francisco, was mayor, um, and then kind of continued to climb the political ladder. You know, obviously her service is going to be rife with, I mean, you you can't be somewhere for 30 years um, and not have, you know, some bumps in the road. Um, And she is kind of a dyed-in-the-wool, like, Democrat. Um, And so that means sometimes, you know, some more moderate um, and deeply capitalistic, like, you know, <laughs> principles that she stands on. Um, but she also has been, you know, she was, is well-respected. Um, but unfortunately, you know, and this is the challenge of aging is, you know, in recent years, there've been lots of questions about her competence um, in the role, particularly because of what appears to be some, some, I- some issues with memory and or cognition, um, maybe not to the point that she would be, you know, diagnosed with, um, you know, like Alzheimer's and like degenerate, but maybe like dementia, um, which would not be uncommon for somebody who is on their next birthday, going to be a non So, you know, I, I think that there is a real challenge in this generation, um, of folks who, you know, were just really unwilling to step down from leadership, especially the women, because it was so hard to come by, I think. Um, and because it, it meant something to them. But um, so we saw the same thing happen with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Like of just like not knowing when it's when your health is impacted enough that it's time for you to step aside so that, mm. you know, somebody else can come in and do this work. Um, and so uncharacteristically, people have already started running for the seat even before her announcement. Um, and so that's what's going to make this really interesting is that it's a clear field for the first time in basically almost two generations.
2: Yeah. And, and we'll get to that in a second. I think that's going to be a, a interesting conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, she is this, Feinstein is this figure. I mean, she she's this this massive figure in American, and and very much so California politics. Um, Mm -hmm. She came up alongside Willie Brown, and they helped each other, you know, a black man and this woman become juggernauts of California politics for decades. Um, You know, even as a politician in San Francisco, she was known as a a dyed-in-the-wool moderate, right? Um, She was all about, you know, um, tough-on-crime stuff, right? Uh, At one point, she was courting the gay community in San Francisco, and then at another time, she goes ahead as mayor and uh, vetoes the domestic partnership uh, law that passed there, right? Um, So she does not come without her own little, you know, Walt Whitman contradictions, right? Um, That's the I contain multitudes line. That's what I was going at. Um, But she, you know... Part of her coming of age, and I, th- I think we forget this, is she was president of the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco. Yes. And she was president of that the day that a conservative former soup yep. who had been disgraced and kicked out of office came in and murdered Mayor uh, Moscone. Did I pronounce that correctly?
1: I think so. And George milk.
2: Moscone and then and Harvey Milk, uh, who was really one of possibly the first openly gay politician, like in I don't know, like in the United States, maybe like, um, he was a real trailblazer on his own. And she, she was the first one to find, um, Milk, um, after he was shot. And she, she actually went and tried to you know, perform life-saving, like, you know, CPR on him. Um, And because she was the president of the Board of soups, she automatically became, she was next in line to become mayor. And she served that role for like, you know, I I think close to a decade, right? Um, So she's an interesting figure. Um, Let me just add one or two other things here. Um, She was known very well, uh, for taking on the CIA in the aughts. Um, she, they, they did a lot of very, very illegal. Um, they should be in the Hague. A lot of these folks tactics, uh, for, uh, torturing folks during the war in Iraq, uh, very innocent folks often. Um, and she fought president Obama on, Taking that entire report that she helped make, that she wanted to make it public, which it's still not. But like she, she was known for doing good things like that. Um, on the other hand, you know, during the hearing for Amy Coney Barrett, the conservative who, uh, justice, Supreme Court justice, who I believe took over Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat, um, I believe she hugged Lindsey Graham, the conservative senator, after that whole thing. And, said that it was one of the best hearings she's ever been a part of. And it really angered the progressive base. Um, And this was already at a time when folk, there were rumblings that she kind of was forgetting things. The mental acuity wasn't there. Um, And so it kind of felt like it was coming soon anyway. No, no.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think she probably feels like she's been pushed out, um, but, you know, there have been reports even coming from anonymous sources, supposedly close to the office saying it's not good, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's main mainstream periodicals reporting this, right? right. Um, folks had described her age as, quote unquote, a problem, not her age per se. This is from an L.A. Times opinion uh, piece That came out on uh, Tuesday, the 14th by Nicholas Goldberg. Um, So not only did they consider that a problem, but like it wasn't her age per se, but the fact that her aides and colleagues were whispering about, quote, rapid deterioration and increasing, quote, befuddlement. Right. Um, This is an open secret at the Capitol. And it has been for probably three, four years now. Uh Um, Easily. And so uh, it just seems like it's time. Uh, and it kind of seems like you're probably right. She probably is being pushed out.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, you know, I feel, I feel conflicted about this because I do think that we don't really offer an easy off-ramp for people from the working world mm-hmm. because so much of our identities are tied up in our jobs. And um and for a myriad of reasons, so many people do die shortly after retiring. Um, but There's always the question of which came first, the chicken or the egg. But, you know, like, did they stop working because they were in bad health or <laughs> did not working contribute to their decline in health? But nonetheless, like, I, it, it's always sad to me to watch someone really struggle through doing something that I think at some point they cared about, Um And that they, you know, would want to do a good job on because they don't have the ability to be able to step aside, whether that's, you know, emotional or or otherwise. It's just it's it's hard to watch.
2: Well, it's built into the Democratic Party, too, Mm -hmm. on the national and on most state and local levels that. Places of power come with time. It's it's you get aged into Mm-hmm. These major uh, committee seats, you know, it, it's you you have to quote unquote, wait until your turn to run for president. Remember, Obama was in a lot of trouble because he didn't wait his turn to run for president in in oh eight um until he beat everyone, right? um and that yields a party that is just a gerontocracy, right. Mm-hmm. And what you really want is a meritocracy, where it's like, are you, you know, somebody who's serving your constituency or get good for the people or you know, pushing forward good legislation? That should be what lands you in leadership positions. You know, on the Republican side, they don't have this problem. They have kind of the the inverse of the meritocracy. It's kind of like a scatolocracy. It's like if you're the biggest pieces of shit, then you get raised to the highest. down if
1: you, yeah it, it, i mean i think on their side it's more so if you if you can like if aoc were a republican she would be like the head of the party right because right.
2: matt it, gates is like yes, running the show if right you, now yeah. if
1: you're able to like generate media attention and for your views and you're popular in that way they take advantage of that so like Ron DeSantis being in all of this like trouble is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be president. Like that's how they do things. Whereas the Democrats seem to have the opposite. It's like, oh, people like this person and they're cool, 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 cool. Let's do everything we can to undermine and kill their momentum.
2: Yeah. Which is great. Which, great for the party. It's, Young
1: people it, love yeah, it. it's, it's one of the reasons why people say Democrats hate to win. And there's a, there's like, a, a, there's a, every good joke has, you know, some truth to it. And that's, there's some truth to it.
2: Yep. Well, why don't we... Okay, so... die fi bye-bye, on the way out. Um, let's talk a little bit about who are the big contenders uh, vying for her seat. How do we want to do this? Do we go by who threw their hat in the ring first or who sucks the most first?
1: Um, that's a good question. We could do it however you, you'd like. Okay, who it's sucks. actually
2: not that different. It's the first two that I think. Who sucks the are- most? <laughs> <First>. <laughs> who sucks the most? Okay, so number one, running for the office, we have Representative Adam Schiff. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, Schiff, uh, a California. Obviously, he's running for her seat. Um, he has long been known as sort of this quiet, like, um, kind of, like, national security representative, right? His background is uh, being a prosecutor, right? And he was known for, like, I don't know, like, he he went after, like, a, a U.S. CIA agent uh. who ended up being a spy for Russia or something. Uh, it very much goes into the whole... Uh, mystical storylines that Democrats have been forming for themselves uh-huh. the last five, six years with uh, Donald Trump. So he's kind of the mod throwing his hat in the ring. He's a white dude. Um, he's 62. Uh, I mean, what else? He Oh, yeah, he's a fundraising juggernaut, too, because he is just swimming in oil and real estate money right like yeah, he takes money from some him. of the worst people that Democrats take money from um, he's got 20 million dollars 21 million he that's what he had in the tank uh, in November he mm-hmm. waited until Di-Fi. uh I don't think he's did he put it yeah no actually he did put his hat in the ring uh, a month or two ago um, So he didn't wait until she had said she was going to step down, but um, he did wait until the storms were over, quote unquote. So what are our
1: thoughts on Schiff? Yeah. um, You know, I. I I don't know as much about his record uh, outside of just kind of the headline stuff. Um, I am not. Apt to, you know, support, um, kind of the like crime as like career kind of folks into a job that I think should be thinking about prevention as goal. So <laughs> um, that's always a red flag for me for people who are vying for policy jobs. Um, is if you are so accustomed to reacting and being part of the machine that, like, does the um, addressing the symptoms and focusing on the symptoms, I think sometimes you are not as well-equipped to address root causes, um, which is unfortunate. I also um, find it, you know, interesting that... Uh, Among the local folks who have already endorsed him um, is our mayor, Daryl Steinberg.
2: Dare bear.
1: So um, (laughs) this guy,
2: (laughs) which, by the way, both he and Schiff were vying for the California attorney general role, uh, which neither of them got. Yeah, Uh, because guys, nobody wants pale mail and stale and like mod like those four things together. No one gives a fuck.
1: Yeah, so I like. I mean, I I'm look. I'm interested in learning more about him as his candidacy moves forward because um, I think there's, a, you know, some some interesting things to tap into. But the money and just who he's already like aligned with gives me vibes of, you know, kind of same old, same old. Um, but now we get the older white guy. Man, explaining to us why we should be satisfied with what we with, well, w- with what's hurting us. The but wait, he led candidates. the Trump
2: impeachment, and he led the January sixth. You know, tri- you know, like trial. Like, isn't he progressive now? It, he's trying to join the progressive caucus now. I don't know if you all heard. I, maybe he's turned over a new leaf.
1: You don't mm, take a bunch of oil it. money and then call yourself progressive. Sorry.
2: Yeah.
1: Like that. Hashtag just no thanks. That's just not.
0: Those are like. So yep. yeah. Shannon, where are you landing with him? Uh, he's a a white dude with twenty one million dollars of largely oil money in his uh accounts. What <laughs> I could not think of the word. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a a big old poop
2: emoji. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah as my friends in uh, Montenegro say that's a hard nay um it's a hard as well. nay yeah. nay that's how you say no in former yugoslavia nay
1: nay like like when you're voting
2: mm-hmm eyes mm-hmm. and nays or if you're Scottish okay <laughs> why <What? laughs> just all the different ways we're gonna we're going off the rails tonight um Okay, so, sorry, Adam. Um, <laughs> sorry, ne- Adam. <laughs> sorry. Next we have Katie Porter. Mm-hmm. Now, Katie Porter is another um, another uh, representative uh, from California. She is from, I believe, Orange County. She... One, uh, her position during the 2018 Democratic sweep, right, two years after Trump was elected. Um, and she was really kind of a, a, a bellwether for the turning of Orange County to, to no longer a red area. Um, she is a disciple of Elizabeth Warren, right? So kind of harvard taxi type person that's like a technocrat that's like vaguely bernie adjacent but really trying to fix things from within i guess is probably the nicest way to say it yeah um and she seems good on on a lot of levels um she threw her hat in the ring very early because she had to spend a lot a lot of money to keep the seat that she has right now uh the last election Because this was a part of what was going to be a Republican sweep, right? This was, um, it was, it was the year that was going to be a referendum on Biden two years into his uh, presidency. And there's always a sweep of the other party during that time. So it's impressive that she kept her office in orange County, but she spent a lot of money. And the reason she threw her hat in the ring early for this, uh, during the storms, which a lot of the mods were like, Oh, you can't do that during the storms. Um, she did this early because she knows she's got a lot of fundraising to do if she's going to catch up with Adam Schiff. Um, she is the other white person in the race, right? So kind of the Elizabeth Warren of the race, uh, she's got 7 million in her, uh, bank account, but also she's got, she's got a whole kind of nation of Warrenites that are kind of willing to, to put in, uh, money for her campaigns. Um, I don't I feel like I might have missed a few things here, but she's kind of the technocrat that will break out a whiteboard during hearings and committees um, and do very fun public takedowns of bankers and, you know, grifters of that nature, uh, because she knows those systems inside and out. She also is good for a laugh, you know, during the speaker elections she was found reading uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck which was very funny to a lot of people um what are our thoughts on katie porter
0: (laughs) sorry the silence better
1: um our pause our
0: pause really says a lot
1: better i mean i i found it really interesting that people made all of this you know, much ado about her announcing her candidacy before Feinstein and Fein, like announced her plans. Ridiculous! And I was like, this is not like a monarchy where people like have to die or step aside for you to sit like. And it's this weird thing where like people feel like you kind of have to kiss the ring. I and I guess I'm I'm thinking about this. Maybe this is like a. I don't know if it's like a. An American, if it's a California thing, because this kiss the ring thing is very interesting. And I've heard Sacramento be, even Sacramento be described as like cliquish. And I was like, I don't think Sacramento is cliquish as much as like there can be this element of gatekeeping. And people feel very offended if you don't go through them to do a thing. Like, like you have to go through these like established channels. Um, And I, I remember there was even a city council race, you know, a couple of years ago. And like there were there were talks about like why would you run against him you know like it's like why like why does that I, I'm I'm just I'm like we do have elections these are still real elections I mean I know there's a lot of money in them I know there's already like assumed front runners but these are still elections and last I checked anyone who's eligible can get in them so
2: it's a part of the Democratic Party sickness again though right Flo I mean like all of these people you're talking about here in Sacramento like I guarantee they're all Democrats and I yeah. guarantee it was the the whole like wait your turn bullshit. Yes. It's, and it's the coronation thing. It's like, that's how a lot of folks felt in 2016 with Democrats and Hillary when it was like, no, I want to see a real primary here. And it seemed like no one was going to run against her because everyone was scared to. And it really turned, it turned me off to the democratic party. I
1: remember. Mm -hmm. And I remember having that conversation in 2000, you know, um, eight when, when in 2007, when Barack was running, people were like, wait your turn. It's Hillary's turn. It's like,
2: what? Thank God he didn't. Her... Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So I, uh, that, that, that actually made me like take a step forward toward her because I was just like, I'm annoyed by this. Like, why does she have to wait until vi- like, fine son is running for an office. And if, and if somebody else wants to run for it, they should, it is in their interest. If you're running against a 30 year incumbent to get out early.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I also, yeah, I feel like
0: I get why people are down with Porter. Like, you know, she's got the like uh, sassy minivan driving, you know, serve the truth vibe um, mm-hmm. down, and like, and and you know, I think that there is. Credit where credit's due in terms of her being willing to say some of the more difficult things um but at the end of the day, she's still she's she's still a Warren Democrat, right like there there are still gonna be issues with her. The stances that she takes on certain um, on certain things. And I think, you know, I also say that also understanding that, like, potentially the people that well, that surely the people that we want to be sitting in these seats are leftists. And that's not what that's very likely not what we're going to get. But. You know. It is still, it. it's hard to um, pump up a candidate like Katie Porter when she's still a moderate Democrat.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of where I land. I mean, it, you know, obviously a lot of Democrats will be like, how dare you? She's not moderate. She's a progressive. Um, and you know what? Like, she, along with everybody else who's a Democrat in this race, probably lands exactly where they need to on the big you know lines in the sand as far as becoming a progressive or not is right like Medicare care for all green new deal things like that um i don't know i just don't i just on on that Mike Madrid, this like local Politico guy who's like, who's an expert on the Latino vote. He referred to her as sort of a white people catnip uh, or white progressive catnip. Um, He also referred to shift that way. So I don't know how well he knows white people. Um, But like, I don't (laughs) just thinking about white people catnip. Yeah, it's Katie Porter. (laughs) That's really good. Like, I think she's—I think her strongest base is going to be a lot of white women, right? Um, And I don't know if that's enough to pull you forward in a California senatorial election. Uh, You know, uh, whites are not—they—they are not the majority in this state. Uh, Neither are white progressives. Neither are white progressive women, right? Um, And I just. She doesn't have the name recognition of Schiff or the next person we're going to talk about. Um, And so to me, I don't think she wins it. Um, I think she's very nice. I think probably if it were up to a lot of folks, she should have stayed and kept that seat because that's a hard seat to keep. And she fucking nailed it there. Um, And a white prog. Winning an Orange County seat. That's a win. That's a win for the Democrats. Uh, And now that seat's going to be at stake. Um, That's kind of my take on her.
0: I think also it's just like if your um, approval rating is likely to go through the roof with the white moms who love Kamala. Like I'm very orange flaggy on that. (laughs) You know, like. I just, I think that they're, yeah, um, prog mod, whatever, like, you ain't far enough
2: left for me. Ten, Yeah. Flo, any thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, I don't follow Orange County, you know, much, so Katie Porter You're better for it. started, like, really popping into my inbox, 12 times a day, um, roundabouts the end of last year. And I was like, goodness woman, like, please stop emailing me 300 times a day. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know like who she's taking money from, you know, what, like, I don't know as much about just her background other than being Elizabeth Warren's kind of protege, um, And reading the subtle art of not giving a F during the, (laughs) during one of the years, like, I, I, that's what I, like, that's mostly what I know about her. So, again, we'll be, you know, this is an early take and it will be interesting as more information comes out about her. And actually, as I start, as I stop ignoring her emails and actually start doing my own look into her candidacy to figure out, like, where she actually stands on certain issues Um, and who I think is, you know, obviously the best candidate in the field.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, we got to move on a little bit faster, but I'm going to move to the probably who I consider the best candidate. Um, and I'm going to skip a person who would have been in the middle here, but honestly, I don't think that person's going to run and we can discuss that briefly. But, uh, the candidate I think for, for progs is probably going to be Barbara Lee. Um, she is, where's Barbara from? She's from the East Bay, right?
1: Uh, I I mean, yeah, I was like, I think, I think so. Um, I I thought she was from
0: Oakland.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She, she's from Oakland. She went to Mills college. Um, she worked on the 1972 presidential campaign of Shirley, Shirley Shirley Chisholm, uh, the first black woman to hold a seat in Congress. She also, worked on the campaign for Black Panther Party co-founder Bobby Seale uh, when he Come ran for mayor of Oakland on. the following year, right? Pretty cool. Um, she was elected to Congress in a special election in 98 and has overwhelmingly won re-election since... Uh, I don't know if you remember back in 2021 um, when Newsom handed the open senatorial seat uh, to... Who, who'd that go to again? Um Went to our attorney general at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Because there was a big conversation about whether or not it was going to go to a woman since Kamala Harris was the only black woman in Congress um, or, you know, in the Senate or or whether or not it was going to go uh, like so, you know, black woman. Um then the Latino community was having that same conversation around like, well, we're 40 percent of the population and we've never been represented there. And so it was a right. big kind of, you know, well, back and actually, forth. Actually, it that.
2: went to Padilla. So we gave mm-hmm. it to Alex Padilla. Yep. Padilla was secretary of state yes. at the time. Yes. Um, and I, so I got that wrong. Our, but
1: a, our AG went to Health and Human Services.
2: That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. And so a lot of moving around, a lot of appointments happening from California. Whenever a Democrat is elected into the presidency, that happens. Um, So Padilla became the next senator. Um, And then, you know, a lot of black folks, a lot of black politicians in California were like, what the fuck? Like, that's like the only black woman we have in the Senate. And like now you're taking that from us. Like, why didn't you put another black woman in the Senate? Newsom then said, if there's another chance to, uh, uh, you know, put somebody in the Senate, it will be a black woman. The general understanding has been that that would would be Barbara Lee, right? Had Fi stepped down, he would appoint Barbara Lee. Um, So that's something to, to, I guess, to consider. Um, Also, part of the reason Padilla got that spot um, like Newsom, I don't know. Newsom was playing like a lot of musical chairs. Uh, in like, you know, what it reminded me of—that like Dave Chappelle skit, like the where like they're like trading people of different races back and forth. Like that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay, well then I'll put a black person in Secretary of State, and then I'll put, you know, like that's that's kind of what he was doing. Um, and that's not, not to say anything against Dr. Weber. She is easily my favorite politician in the state. Um, but that's kind of what was going on during that time. It was like, who will represent what within what subset in what offices? Right. Um, but, you know, like suddenly there was not a black woman representing California in the Senate. Um, so I think Barbara Lee uh, as a, a candidate for this seat is, is very compelling, not just for all of the progressive accolades that that we just laid out. Um, I think it would be be a fairly historic thing. Um, on top of that, there's something about her that I have always, always fucking loved. She is the only person the only person in the Capitol after 9/11 to to vote against um, what was it the the Iraq war or, uh-huh. or was it against the uh, the Patriot Act it was one of those two
1: Yeah it was um, the military force after September 11th um, okay because she was really concerned that it was it was granting the president too much power and that it was going to entangle us in a war for forever. And literally the only person in Congress,
2: Democrat, Republican, literally the only person that voted against it. Just an amazing woman. Like, who does that?
1: And people hated her after that. But she was right, though. Heard. So anytime now you say that was a mistake, you need to hashtag cite black women.
2: So not much money in her coffers right now. Um, But I don't think that says much. I think that um, she can pull money if she needs to. Um, Interestingly, she, unlike Schiff or Porter, is waiting, uh, has waited until after DiFi actually made the announcement. I think she's going to be reporting or announcing by the end of this week her candidacy. She is from this sort of like 20 mile radius of the Bay Area where so many senators of California come from. Uh, That's really interesting to me. I think she's got a shot and I, I like her better than the other two.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there is there's obviously the concern that in a statewide election Her voting record is going to is not going to lend itself to all of the votes that she needs in order to get the seat, Um, which is why uh, Adam Schiff should step down and um, let Barbara Lee take the take his votes Um, and his money. And heard and his money, um,
2: you know. He's but he's the one mod really running, though, right? I feel like yeah, he's he's more he's way more moderate than Porter. I feel like she and Porter are eating into each other.
0: Yeah, that's my no. concern. I yeah, you're right. I just don't think we need more white men running for anything. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I think. You know, her her voting record is going to be potentially a thing, especially because, like, you know, serving in her district in Oakland, that's it's, it's a space that can get behind, um, get behind her. And so I think, you know, now is the time to start really lifting her up and, um, you know, I root for black women. So let's do this. Let's let's vote for her and. Let's tell our friends all about Barbara Lee.
2: Low thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a fan. So, um, yeah, she's great and would be wonderful, I think, to represent the state of California in a really, I mean, the best indication of future behavior is past behavior. And I think, you know, in many instances, she has been the definition of leadership and doing the things that are hard, but are necessary. Yeah. And I, I think, think she's
2: got yeah. potential to fire people up in a way that Shift definitely doesn't have. Um, Porter can with some folks, but I, I don't. It's the same thing with Warren. It's It's you're firing up a subset of the Democratic base, but like it's not enough for really pulling everyone together. I think Lee could do it. Uh, I think it's, it comes down to how where her fundraising goes and how well that goes. Um,
1: I, I got to say, Dave, though, that I'm really disappointed to see that professional wrestler turned actor Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not planning on running. I'm also incredibly <laughs> disappointed to see that former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger is not planning on running and that our current governor, Gavin Newsom, is not planning on running for this seat. Those are three big disappointments. I'm losing
2: a lot of sleep over that too. I
1: just, you know, I was. a girl can dream.
2: It doesn't feel like a California election if if something like that isn't happening, does it? Yeah, we need a porn star in the mix or something. Something. Yeah. Um, Heard. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll get like an actor or a musician or like you know something like that. At reality
1: TV star, you know. Yes,
2: exactly. Um, The Republicans. Somebody in the entertainment industry is what we're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so the last one I was going to mention, I want to run through this quickly. Is Ro Khanna, another representative. Um, you know, uh, this dude, hardcore progressive by a lot of by a lot of definitions. Um. I believe he's a South Asian man, uh, Asian American man. Uh, he was from
1: Pennsylvania. Woo-hoo.
2: From Pennsylvania, he was, you know, one of the top folks trying to help Bernie get elected in 2020. Uh, good dude in a lot of ways. Um, really, the the biggie for me it's um, when the Republicans came out and did that resolution against like the horrors of socialism a couple weeks ago. The guy <laughs> who tried to get a socialist in the presidency. Uh, Voted alongside them, which I thought was gross. And to me, that's just immediately disqualifying. Like, let Lee run. Like, that's over. That's done with. That's my take. The biggie is he and Lee are in that prog lane that, you know, I just, you don't want it to get, you don't want to get to it. You don't want that lane to get too disintegrated with too many people. Otherwise, neither of them makes it to the top two, right? So give me Lee over him. Uh, I think Lee beats a Porter, who's kind of the middle lane of the Dems. Guys, don't worry. There will not be a Republican uh, senator in California, so we're not going to fucking talk about that. Um, I don't know. Anything to say about Roe? No.
1: Yeah. I think you said it all in the interest of time.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, can we talk for a moment about A win for some folks, a loss for some folks, and a massive L for city manager Howard Chan. Um, Shannon, can you tell us a little bit about what happened when our city manager tried to close uh, the only safe ground that was ever opened in Sacramento, Uh um, an 80-person, 80-tent, uh, a camp that had amenities um, over in Miller Park. Uh, what happened when he tried to shut it down? Uh, well, so the whole thing was like, we got to
0: close this place, this site down. Um, the storms, you know, have made it so that it's not um, it's not an ideal, Location due to flood risk, um, because the site is located, whoops, right along the Sacramento River. Um, and, you know, that's in in a community where there is not enough shelter, um, not nearly enough shelter. There was an uproar about that. I mean, council... Didn't approve the closure of Miller Park. Um, Council approved money to keep it open. Right. Um, But City Manager Howard Chan was like, whatever. That the vote that allocated the three point two million dollars to First Step communities to keep that safe ground site open through the calendar year whatever, dude, we're going to close that thing down. Um, so what ended up happening, of course, was that uh, the council member of the district that Miller Park was in, council member Katie Valenzuela, um, we find through a um, article by uh, the Sacramento T. Teresa Clift, that um, Valenzuela had written in a text to Howard, you know, not not reopening Miller Park makes absolutely no sense, and it doesn't align with the direction we've given as a council, as recently as a week and a half ago when we voted on that contract. And Howard Chan, who was recently given a significant raise um, to do the
2: job that he does a year now, huh? Yep. Yeah.
0: He responded, agreed to disagree." disagree.
2: Lovely. So, What a you peach, know, this guy. I would love to work with him. Yeah,
0: he seems like a really cool dude. Um, yeah. And th- so, you know, of course, there becomes a uh, community um, frustration. Um, and I think that there were probably also lots of conversations that were happening within the walls of City Hall about what's next. And uh, that text message happened on February 3rd. And yesterday, February fourteenth, we during the council meeting, um, Teresa Clift at the Sacramento Bee tweeted out that Miller Park would be opening, um, or that that there would be ten or um, trailers that would be used to fifteen trailers that would be used. To shelter 45 people um, and there, what was the, what was the, um, the quote that is really good? It says. There's a
2: couple of good ones.
0: um, Yeah. So this, so city of Sacramento will reopen its only sanctioned campsite for homeless people at Miller Park. This time with trailers instead of tents. City manager Howard Chan decided to reopen the safe ground after Councilwoman <laughs> Katie Valenzuela last week criticized him for closing it. Yeah, so, baby. Yeah, so, you know, Chan had to take the um, the the loss for him on that, but the win um, for the 45 people who are going to be inside. And although, you know, uh, uh, Miller Park had previously served 80 people, so... Um, a, just a little over half the the folks who were being served prior to will be served in this capacity um they are being served in climate controlled you know structurally sound spaces that you know that's important um credit where credits do on that also if we could just maybe get the city to use the rest the city and the county to use the rest of those trailers that are just sitting empty to that would be awesome. people, that would be super sick
2: yeah absolutely Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on here. I think, um, there's a lot that can be said about the city manager trying to take matters into his own hand, um, closing this when obviously we're having this hundred year flood. Um, that makes sense. That's Uh fine.
1: Uh
2: Um, but then once it's all over saying, oh, this gives me a chance to do some fascist bullshit mm-hmm. and put these 80 people into the streets and they're not my fucking problem anymore. Um, that's a real fucking problem, right? Um, and I think that, you know, who, however, uh, you know, the, the story ended up coming out, it's really important that it did because yeah. these outlets reported on it, you know, Cap Radio, The B, others... And it really got to show us kind of how the sausage is made, how Howard can do whatever the fuck he wants when he's, you know, his boss is our city council, but it seems like he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. So we talk about this. We talk about this, you know, yeah, all these Rob fucking Karinke goes on Cap Weekly's show and is like, how can you go after these bureaucrats that aren't even elected? Blah, blah, blah. Like... These people are making decisions that fucking result in death, in death. And they are not, they're not held accountable. They can't be held accountable by people for that. That's ridiculous to me.
1: Well, okay. So I have been, get get ready. (laughs) I mean, I have been really clear about my dissatisfaction with the work that Howard Chan does. So I don't think that's a secret. Um, I think that he is, you know, underwhelming as a city manager. Um, And I think that the way that he runs the city is one of the reasons why... Sacramento is in some of the problem like has some of the problems that it has he mm-hmm. hides behind the idea that he can't make any decisions until five people tell him to but then he manipulates it so that he kind of does what he wants to do anyway so he's mm-hmm. not a strict adherent to that It's kind of like somebody who's like um, a biblical literalist until they want to wear a cotton poly blend and then all of a sudden it's like well the spirit of the text right and it's like either be a literalist or not like are we? Like, what are we doing here? And that, to me, bothers me because I, because if you're going to do your interpretive stuff, then just say so. And then we can have a conversation about what it is. But when you pretend you're not, it's hard then to be able to suss out what's really going on. I do, though, fault the council and mayor for not being more explicit in their direction to him. This mm-hmm. was a, a simple case of he works for you. If you gave him direction, he doesn't do it his raises should be on the table. Him getting fired should be on the table. Like when he doesn't do what you explicitly tell him to do, this is now a performance evaluation issue. And so what my challenge is, is that they will turn around and blow smoke all of his behind every five seconds and say, he's a great city manager, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he's clearly not that great a city manager. Otherwise you wouldn't have run a strong mayor initiative several years ago. So like, you see that there's a problem. But instead of taking it on with the power that you have, you want to shift the power somewhere else. And I don't agree with that. But I think just like Katie said, we didn't give you direction to do this. Stop it. And then he has to stop it because he doesn't have any power or authority to do anything else. So I ask again for the second time in as many weeks, is the tail wagging the dog? Does Does the police department run this council and mayor? Does the city manager run the council or mayor? Or did the people be elected and asked to pass with just five votes when they meet every week for direction and then to hold their staff accountable? This is a management issue. You are his boss. Manage him.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the problem of um, we see it over and over and over again that the city manager can make the council member's job's incredibly difficult if he doesn't get what he wants, right? So it's like this position that somehow has has given power that like like at its core is manipulative and that it's,
1: fucking but Shannon, is- it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be manipulative because at the end of the day, look, I may like if if I'm sitting on that dais as one of the members and I watch the I watch Howard railroad somebody else It doesn't really even matter if it's an issue that I disagree with them on I know if you'll do that to them you'll do it to me Mm. and so my feeling is like all of them should be on guard for that and should be shutting him down so he doesn't even have the audacity to flex on them in this way because Here's my it, question. Even, it takes the five of them to fire him.
2: Here's my question. Is that what happened this week? Because I don't know if Council Member Valenzuela has the clout to single-handedly do that. I'm like, listen, I think our listeners who do like uh, all the direct action and like can shut shit down, like I think they're incredibly powerful. I don't know if they're the reason he did his about face. I... I wonder if there were multiple city council members who were like, you can't just fucking do that. Like, let's do something different. And maybe that's why this like 15 trailer, 45 people who actually get like environments now where they can control if they're hot or cold, like it's really going to change their lives. I don't think it certainly wasn't the way the press release came out from, you know, Sac City Hall, like it was not Howard's idea. He was not behind this. He was not happy about this. He's a little piece of shit.
1: I mean, the guy Um, doesn't give a fuck. But that's the way way it always should be. I guess what I'm saying is, like, don't come to me and tell me, oh, Howard has run amok with the budget and we're not happy with it. There is absolutely nothing stopping the council tomorrow. Well, next Mm -hmm. Tuesday. to come together and say here are our eight priorities for the budget here's how much money we want and da, da, da. and howard has to go back and present them with a budget that follows but that there direction. is they don't do it but right. they, they could don't. but they can right. and so that's where i'm saying like the mayor makes the agenda for the council meeting he may only have one vote but he makes the agenda for the council meeting if you want to direct what's going into the budget Put it on the agenda that you all are going to give the city manager's office direction about what you want in the budget, because then then you'll be able to see do you have an insubordinate staff member and if so fire Yo, you're asking fire like you're asking him. for
0: what you're do what we're like what we are dreaming of and what you are talking about is asking for like actual leadership, a functional which is workplace that, with accountability. Yeah, yes, which doesn't that's what exist. That for. shit doesn't exist here. It's why you know like last night at the council meeting when people are like. There were multiple people who went up for public comment that were like, "We are so fucking tired of being here fighting with fighting for the same shit and like fighting each of you. Like we should all be on the same page about just wanting a space where, like people are are centered in the decisions that are being made from this body. Like, but they, but that council, like they can't even. They can't get along with each other. They can't get on the same page about
1: that about shit. I mean, matter. we just
0: got how many we just got a bunch of the little ashbees elected onto the the council. Like shit shit in Sacramento is fucked, man.
1: That should not matter. And that's what exactly. I mean Exactly. Like, no,
0: I'm not like, disagreeing. It no, it 100% shouldn't matter, but like we got a real good way the, the Sacramento City Council has a real good way of turning fucking city leadership into a goddamn soap opera, while everybody else, while there are a bunch of people outside, you know, suffering, and there are folks who are just advocating over and over and over and over again for the bare fucking minimum. Like, we're not asking for Sean the level mansions. We're just asking for the bare minimum, just like a roof over people's head. And Howard's like, here's 45
2: trailers. P.S. You've had those trailers since 2021 they've and they've been, been sitting, sitting empty, empty, bro. They, they, they And like, that's, that's it, too. It's like Howard does not want to help folks. He does not. There is no doubt in my mind. He does not care to take initiative like that because if he did care, we could have opened those trailers anywhere. We could have opened them at Camp Resolution. Yeah, because I the mean, only problem with Camp Resolution that city folks are worried about is like, being outdoors and camping on that spot. If there's a trailer there, there's, it, it goes against nothing of like any of the, 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 their concerns as far as code goes. So like he is as a human, as a person, someone who does not want to help folks in this regard.
1: I stand stand by that statement as well. Like my, my issues actually with Howard Chan run deeper than just, like I don't like the job he's doing. I actually think he is a callous human,
2: yeah. Um, 100%. And I, I
1: think he's a person who, because of that callousness, has done some deeply unethical things with his power.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think it, it's it's negligence and it's yeah. it's harmful. And I like I can't emphasize that enough. Like he has discretion in matters. And if you had somebody with some serious kindness and warmth and empathy in their toolbox of like human, you know, (laughs) I guess attributes and skills, they could have really done a lot with the exact same amount of influence and power that Howard did. And he has actually actively engaged in harm.
0: And somehow, again, you know, we have people sitting up on that dais who are complicit in that harm. Right. Like it's. It is completely bonkers to me that, like, at the end of the day, while Howard, I think, is intentionally malicious and is harmful, you have other folks who center their own comfort and the the ease of their own jobs over fighting for what is good and right. And... So we continue to find ourselves in these cycles of generational harm that come from the, from the dais.
2: There's a very unhealthy kind of funhouse mirror relationship between city council members and Howard Chan where they can vote a certain way. And then they can, and and then so the constituency won't yell at them because they voted that way, mm-hmm. but they can count on Howard to do actually what they really wanted him to do. And then when the community comes to them and is like, why are you letting him harm people? They say, well, you know, he's the city manager. That's not our job. He's just, you know, I can't control that. Right. Um, and that's been going on for a while now. It's been going on for a good Fucking for as long as we've had the city, I suppose.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's really, it's really fucking disappointing, and like, um, I, there's just so much work to be done. I think, um, and and I, I guess no, one of the most disappointing things is with the recent election. Um, Lisa Kaplan, Katie Maple, and Karina Telemontes were all voted into um, city office. And I think there were a lot of people who thought that things could change. And, you know, uh, things could change mean any number of things. But one of the things that that means is that, that Howard Chan would be held to account for his negligence and for the harm that he creates in this community. But what we have, what we have seen already and it's February 15th is that we have a whole other term of council folks who are just going to roll with the same narrative that Howard Chan has all the power and they're not going to question him. And you're going to have people like, uh, Katie Valenzuela and My Vang who stand up against that and like are always the bad folks, right? They are they are the bads and then everyone else is swooped up by the mods and it just becomes this like fucked
2: up like I... high school mean people click. I don't mean to be and I'm never am the the Debbie Downer of the group, but even Valenzuela and Vang's offices defend him on occasion. Oh
0: yeah, no, one hundred percent. And like, I, mean, I think so. Just, what the yeah.
2: fuck can we expect? What the fuck can we expect from this city council? This man will never be fucking fired if even they no. are defending him. You know? No. Yeah, yeah
1: and, I think- and I mean I will say, and I'm not. I'm I'm in the same boat with you, Dave. I'm not. I think that everybody is quietly frustrated with him, but I also think in, in just like in any toxic environment that is dysfunctional, instead of directly addressing the elephant in the room, everybody tries to figure out a way to survive. And so I think the diplomacy, right, is the whole like notion of, well, I have things I need to do. And I think it's especially complicated for Mai because he's an Asian man. And so there are the also the internal politics of like, People like being represented by somebody who looks like them, so as a younger you know Hmong woman can she go up hard against our city manager when they're the when the communities are expecting them to work together and then for Katie it's like if I want to get anything done since I have colleagues, how am I supposed to do it? Like, so I feel like I, I understand that sometimes they're just engaging in what I like to call the California diplomacy, which, be, which is being nice but not kind, right? It's just like, yep. we say all these nice things, but we're really secretly pissed off at each other. But it's because there's a dysfunctional workplace. And so, yeah, even their offices are sometimes defending him and... Voting to give him raises and, you know, like, it's a problem. It really is a problem because he's not doing his job and he's created some real challenges for this city that then we can't directly address. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Again, folks, people have died because of Howard Chan's policy. People Mm -hmm. have died because of his policy I don't know how many more times you can say that, you know, in Austin, when their city manager failed and people died after a horrible storm there, you know what their city council did? They fired their fucking city manager. So it's it's just, it's incredibly disheartening to watch our city council continue um, to let the people of Sacramento take take the blows he gives them over and over and over again
0: yeah it is it really is yeah cool so that was that's cool <laughs> <coughs> i feel good
2: yeah well we won that trailer thing at least yeah we mm. did and i
0: don't and i don't want to like discount the uh-huh. how important that is yeah. Yeah. How impo- How important that is, and that forty five people are going to be served by those trailers. But I will also say,
1: so many more, more could have been served so much more. sooner. Yeah. And
0: there's still work to do. There. Yeah. Yeah. So you know,
2: just some numbers on this. Um, A Forty five people will be served in these trailers. Their material conditions will be even better probably than what they were in the original tent-oriented safe ground because yeah. they're in trailers. They have um, you know, their environment, the, the the temperature will be controlled, you know, there's a lot going on. Um great for those forty-five people, but that also means thirty-five people who were in that camp will have nothing now. Yeah. Where do they go? Will they get pushed around? Will what what crimes and what violence will they be subjected to right like in, in and again this is all come coming back to howard chan and his decision um when you look at this safe ground and and again like i i don't i've had my issues many times with valenzuela's office but like um, I ran into somebody the other day that like I rolled their eyes when somebody mentioned her and they're like, she doesn't do anything with homelessness. I'm like, she's the only one who ever opened, who ever opened anything like this in the city who was on that dais right now. Um, so it's like, you've, if you've got a problem with her, like, good Lord, I hope you've got bigger problems with everybody else in that dais. Since it opened about 450 people, this is quoting an article by T. Clift. About 450 people have spent time at the safe ground, according to Valenzuela. Of those, 40% were able to move indoors after leaving the safe ground, typically due to the services they received while there. They went to indoor shelters, housing, and some went to live with friends or family. 40% of those people. You give somebody a baseline, a baseline of stability and they can work off that baseline. And that's what she was trying to do. And Howard does not want that. Howard wants to crush these people and it's fucking vile to me.
0: Yeah, it's
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Is there any, anything else we want to add? Because we're we're going a little over tonight.
1: Yeah. We got a little ranty. It's what we do best. We should. We should.
0: No. That's, that's the thing. I mean, I think, I guess, um, okay, here's the thing. We, there's a lot of really good work that was done to get, um, those 45 beds, um, you know, on, on the shelter bed inventory. And so acknowledging that is important um but i and i do think that there is still lots of work to be done in terms of standing up um and amplifying the needs and voices of vulnerable people in our community uh-huh. and there are a lot of people who are doing that consistently um from council chambers from you know their homes you know calling in to council or writing in um and I think especially given that we have a, a new council, like if if you are a person who has, for whatever reason, not made the time to um, use your voice on these issues, like now is the time. And if you are someone who does it um, often, sort of like bringing more people into the fold so that we can together as a community um, okay, really... Put people first, uh-huh. and um, and you know, make sure make sure that our electeds understand sort of the the weight of their jobs, uh-huh. and um, that they should that we need to rock their comfort from the day a little <clears throat> a little bit or a lot of it. Um, nice.
2: And honestly, I think Howard's decision, like. In part came from him being rocked in the past. It yeah. works.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, there's acknowledgement of the good work, call to action. Um, there's more work to be done. So mm-hmm.
2: And write in Diane oh. Feinstein once more in twenty twenty four, folks. Oh
0: yeah, definitely do that.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you all are ridiculous. That's ninety just, it's
2: that's that's Just a special right age. Fight. That's when it really, that's when the communism really takes off in your brain. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, sorry we went a little over, but usually you don't care. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm not sorry. You know what? 2023, I'm not sorry either. Fuck you, Listeners.
0: I'm a little bit sorry. Oh shit! Go to patreon.com <laughs> after listening to that and enter in your credit card information. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.
2: The thirty dollar a month boner tier.
0: <laughs> man, the boner tier is sick.
2: <laughs> it is. It's pretty. It's pretty incredible. Uh, but we'll let you folks find out for yourself, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.